0: Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We are here to help each other worship, live, and rescue like Jesus. For more info on who we are, go to cpmodesto.org. While you are there, you can learn more about who we are as a church, see the time and locations of our weekend gatherings, and see the different reoccurring ministries that happen on a weekly basis. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired and moved by what God is doing here at Crosspoint.
1: Last week we uh, we started talking. Uh, we started our new series "Divide and Conquer" and started talking about just this whole idea of how our our world and our culture really is fueled by conflict and division, and uh, really how how God calls us as His sons and daughters to uh, reflect His character and who He is uh, to the world around us. And and um, one of the things that uh, I mentioned last week that, that I want to just uh, come back to to kind of remind us of this week is that idea that as, as we reflect Jesus in the world around us and as we run into all kinds of conflict around us, that, that really uh, the thing that we can remember, a simple thing to remember is this, that, that when, it, when it comes to us, we pursue peace over our rights, but then we pursue righteousness over peace. To remember that, that that's really kind of what, what God does and how God calls us to live. And that doesn't mean we, we don't still have peace as a target, but we still pursue peace. And so uh, this morning, I want to talk a little bit, but then I'm going to invite uh, four people up who are going to, to talk a little bit through their process of kind of being peacemakers, in their lives and the things that they run into. And, 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 idea, and probably some of them that you'll, you'll find very familiar stories, things that uh, maybe you've walked through in your life, and some of things that you, you'll hear that will just be really challenging and, and, and I think helpful in recognizing what God calls us to. But before we get there, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And uh, I want to, I wanna, by way of kind of uh, setting the stage, the context for us as we walk through this this morning, um, we looked at Matthew chapter 5, verse, verse 9 last week. That's kind of where we, that was our springboard where um, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Um, I want to just come back in the, the kind of the, the bread to that peacemaker sandwich, verses 8 and 10. What, what Jesus surrounds that by. So Matthew chapter 5, I want to read verses 8 through 10. Jesus, in speaking to his disciples and, and all kinds of people who are listening, says, says this in verse 8. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Then he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And then in verse 10, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I, I think Jesus is very intentional in the way he walks through this, and I want to just, uh, again, uh, help us have kind of a bucket or, or a way of understanding how we reflect Jesus well in the world around us, even though there are some things that we are divided about that are really unimportant. They really fall down to kind of our preferences, the things we're most comfortable with. But then there's other things that we're divided about that are of great importance. They're significant, they're, they're, they're about right and wrong. They're about righteousness. And so how do we walk through this? And just, so in verse eight, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And, and one of the things that we need to understand is that the idea of purity and pure in heart is, is that purity is this idea of, of there's no double, double-mindedness, double there's no deception, there's no divided allegiance. And so when Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, what he's saying is that blessed are those who pursue God with a single-mindedness, that God is our single pursuit, that Jesus is number one, that Jesus is our priority, that Jesus is the one that we are most concerned about About our relationship with him first and foremost. And so the idea of pure in heart is the idea that, that God is the single pursuit of our life. It doesn't mean we don't have other less important pursuits. But then when it comes down to it, that Jesus is pursued over all else. And then he goes into this thing and he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, And and we'll come back to that in just a second. But then he says, blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That when we pursue Jesus single-mindedly, and when we choose the path of peacemaking, then inevitably there will be those even though we're pursuing peace who will be upset because peacemaking is a hard task and we and there will be pushback there will be blowback there will be persecution because of the road that we take when we when we're peacemakers and and so so here's what I want us to kind of be able to see the difference between. Um, we talk a lot about, we talk about peacemakers. There's another term that I want to throw out there this morning, and that's peacekeepers. And I want, I want to use these two terms as terms that can help us understand what God wants from us and, and the road he wants us to walk. And, and so when, 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 when we look at this idea of, of a peacekeeper, a peacekeeper is someone who keeps peace oftentimes out of fear through avoidance. A peacekeeper is someone who basically wants peace at any cost, that, that they'll ignore uh, the things around them, to just want to keep the peace. Um, it's kind of like that person who walks on eggshells not to upset anyone because we don't want anyone to, to be upset about things. It, it's, it's almost like uh, the, the, the way that the world pursues peace isn't actually getting real peace, but, but the way the world pursues peace is, well, just don't talk about things that might be questionable. <laughs> but, but, of course, if it's my passion, then I'll talk about it all I want. Uh, it's where we tend to hide feelings to prevent arguments or avoid or prevent conflict. And what happens, I think, as a peacekeeper, we become very vulnerable. Uh, we become vulnerable to abuse and bullying because uh, our, our whole goal is to just avoid having anything that's uncomfortable. And that's not what Jesus is talking about when he says blessed are the peacemakers because when you think about it what did god do when he found that there was when he saw that there was a conflict between man and himself you see god confronted the conflict which is sin our sinful nature and he moved through that and he pursued peace but he didn't ignore it he didn't pretend it wasn't there he didn't, he didn't kind of you know, make sure that no one got upset about it because there's a reality that sin separates us from God, and that's that conflict. And so God, as a peacemaker, actually pursued us in our sin. And so peacemakers, different than peacekeepers, peacemakers restore peace out of strength through reconciliation. You see, I think in our world... This idea of of bringing things to peace, we we don't see it this way. The world doesn't function this way. And so really being a peacemaker is probably one of the strongest places that we can can live life from because it's restoring peace out of strength through reconciliation. And, And so a peacemaker, first and foremost, as a foundation of their lives, has God's peace at that foundational point. A peacemaker restores peace out of a genuine love for those around them. They genuinely love those. That's why they pursue peace this way. And a peacemaker, unlike a peacekeeper who will will avoid and prevent conflict, a peacemaker identifies and addresses conflict when when it's there. And again, they do it in a way because the goal is reconciliation. The goal is not to sever that relationship. And and so a peacemaker will pursue understanding, control their anger, even if some the thing that they're confronting is is absolutely wrong. A peacemaker controls their emotions in that that process. A a, a peacemaker walks towards resolution and they speak honestly with kindness and patience. You see, that's the difference between what, what I would call a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. And I think probably this morning, as, as we just even throw, thrown that out there and described those two things, you probably could identify yourself as kind of being bent one or, or, or towards the other. And, 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 and as I thought about myself, my natural tendency, um, I, I might fall even outside of both of those because I think my natural tendency isn't a peacekeeper or a peacemaker. Mine is a just, I want you to understand things the way I want you to understand them and I don't really care about how you feel. <laughs> and that's my natural tendency. And so, and so the, the, the struggle for me is to, to, to rather than, than to just stick in that spot, but to become a peacemaker. And that's the work of transformation that I believe God's doing in my life. But it's easy to not want to put in the hard work because, see, being a peacemaker rather than the peacekeeper who just kind of says, okay, I'm going to avoid it and ignore it, is a hard work because it requires me oftentimes to sacrifice. And so this morning, um, I've invited uh, uh, four people who I want to join me this morning, and so I want to invite them to come on up. They can come on on up right now. And... uh, and I've asked them to join us, uh, again, um, I think this morning is going to be really cool because uh, we've got people who, um, some of you may know them, some of you may, they might be new people to you, and just go ahead and have a, have a seat, and, uh, and uh, they're going to share a little bit about themselves, they're going to share basically about um, how they in their life have, their lives have kind of had to pursue, have chosen to pursue peacemaking. And um, how how God has worked in them through that. So um, I like to just go down the row, and um, if you want to introduce yourself and just say a little bit about yourself, we'll start down there with Phil.
0: <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Phil Gully, and I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Originally, I moved here to Modesto probably by six and a half years ago. I'm truly a Californian, and I've been coming here to Cross Point for probably about three and a half four years now.
1: All right.
2: Hi, my name is Terry Blankenship, and I'm the new Women's Ministries Director here at Crosspoint, and I'm originally from Capitola, and um, been here with my husband and two kids, Nick and Hannah, for about 25 years now, and I served um, a lot for many years uh, in women's ministry, especially Tuesday morning Bible study, and then God called me a few years, uh, just a few years ago, out of ministry into working in the community, serving in the community specifically with World Relief as a um, tutor, an English tutor, and then helping out with the Redwood Family Center in different capacities, and also Bethany Christian Services. So it's really cool to be back full-time now with Crosspoint, Um,
3: My name is Megan Belden. Um, I am Kyle Belden's wife. He's the high school director here. Um, And we moved here about six and a half years ago, so right around the time that you moved to Modesto as well. Um, I'm originally from uh, New Brunswick, Canada, and um, yeah, we love Crosspoint and um, we're so glad to be here. And I have, we have four little kids and so that's mainly what I do is take care of them and take care of your, your kids or your grandkids. <laughs> we love working with the youth here, so.
4: Hi, I'm Dave Wallace. Uh, I got thinking about it yesterday. I'm two months, I like think 41 years here. I, the, the, the pews were much more colorful when I first came here. <laughs> <laughs> I was in junior high uh, <laughs> but uh, I uh, my wife Kim and I attend here we've uh, raised our family we've been blessed uh, and uh, I am now uh, as of Christmas Day a uh, retired police officer here and uh, so I'm no longer doing full-time law enforcement work
1: yeah. but, uh, all right thank you thank you um, so uh, let's start let's start back down with with Phil. Um, uh, the question I have uh, and the thing that um, we want to kind of talk through this morning um, is, uh, you know, Phil, where have you um, had to practice peacemaking in your life? And uh, as you kind of share that, that context, um, what would you see as the sacrifices that God's called you to make for that? And what has God done in, in your life through that process? So go not you just kind of share with us.
0: All right, so um, growing up, I come from a very diverse, well, my family, I grew up, we're a predominantly black neighborhood. Um, and then I went into the military, I retired military, did 21 years. And going into basic training, um, I was introduced to different um, ethnic people who does not look like me. And um, even now, in the job that I'm currently in, um, I have, a, um, I'm always the minority. And throughout my whole life, um, I've always been around um, a diverse um, people. The, the challenge that I, bought, I came up growing with is I have people who would say family members, friends. Um, some of the things that I've been told was because I hang around a lot of people, diverse crowd, I've been called a sellout. Uncle Tom, um, and when a lot of things um, racially comes into the news media, people always want to see which side am I choosing a side. Mm. So, um, in my present job, I have where uh, I, I work for the government, and they have an annual uh, conference. It's called Big, and it stands for um, Blacks in Government. Hmm. And one of the things that the people I do hang around who happen to be white will say, okay, that's offensive. Why would you go to a conference like that? And then I have people on the other side who are black, that said, why won't you go to a conference like that? So I'm constantly finding myself involved in racial conversations, um, not only in, when it comes to racial conversations, it's also when it goes into, political parties. Mm -hmm. Um, So keeping the peace is, uh, I deal with it on a daily basis because I am a supervisor and even when I'm doing hiring, I may have people who are the same race as I am may say, oh, why did you choose someone who's a different race than you? And I tell them I don't look at race. And so the challenge is, uh, my sacrifice is, like for the conference, I wouldn't go to the conference because it's just the perception. And i also go back, even going to a church that I may be a minority in. Um, Family members, I grew up in a church where, you know, we really do different praise, different music. But then they may say, oh, you go to that white church. Mm -hmm. But I tell them in Revelations, if you read when John had the vision, he said he's seen people of all nations, all tongues, Mm -hmm. all colors. And I always tell people who try to put me in one side or the other, mm-hmm. I tell them, there's going to be black people in heaven. There's going to be white people in heaven. <laughs> so so it's, 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 it's always a challenge. But um, <laughs> 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 so th- those were my challenges And then keeping yeah. the peace, letting them know that, you know, um, yes, I'm a Christian first, but secondly, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't coined the phrase where when you look at me don't look at color because God had made difference in Mm -hmm. all of us when it comes to the plants the animals and even human beings Mm -hmm. so I say yes I'm African American I'm black believe it or not but (laughs) um, God made us this way and there's beauty in all so and God loves us all
1: yeah 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 that's awesome thanks for sharing yeah
2: uh, when Matt asked us about you know thinking of a, a peacemaking scenario or something in our lives, I, I immediately thought of a relationship that I have with an extended family member. And um, it seems like most of our relationship has been it's been tense because we come from such really different views of seeing the world, and our life experiences have been so different. And, um, you know, he came to Christ as a kid as well, like I did, but uh, just his choices and then pain and, and a lot of things in his life that looked way different from mine um, have resulted in us kind of being on different planets. So to relate to one another is really hard. And I find myself, when I'm around him, um, you know, he'll be talking about you know, reliving things in his past. And and just the way he sees things, in my mind, is like, how could he believe that? You know, that's so not true. It's so against what God's truth is. And so inside, there's this battle going on. And maybe you can relate to this with other family members or, or other people in your lives, where there's this battle going on inside of me when I'm with him so often that is like, oh, you know, red flag, what he's saying is so against God's truth. I need to, I need to fix how he's thinking. I need to fix his perspective. I need to help heal him. I, need. I, you know, and, but then in the midst of it, luckily God shows me, no, you need to calm down and you need to give him what I'm telling you, you need to give him in this moment. What does he need right now in this moment? Does he need me to state my opinion and how I'd fix him and how he's thinking about life? Or does he really need to be loved through listening? I can give him the gift of listening. And so often we shortchange that. Just listening to somebody shows them that they're valued, accepted, seen, and understood. And so in the midst of that, God reminds me, just calm down and listen. Maybe ask some clarifying questions. And share from my own heart, you know. Well, I've seen God do this in my life, and it's been really cool. You know, I'm not uh, telling him and preaching to him what he should do and shouldn't do. I'm trying to practice that radical non-judgment, you know, that that we talked about in Rescue Academy for, from a couple of years ago. And so, um, so honestly, there is such a war going on inside me. But at that moment, I have to, I have to sacrifice me being understood for understanding him taking the low road and choosing humility so that he can be lifted up and encouraged and that he can be pointed to God's truth, but in a really kind, gentle, respectful way. So, um, and then the benefit that comes about from that is I get to maintain relationship with him. And I want that because a long time ago, there were years where there wasn't hardly any relationship just Mm -hmm. due to some choices he was making. And so, um, I want to maintain that and I want to encourage that growth and, and a deeper relationship with him. And if he doesn't see Jesus and all he sees is me fighting and being divisive, what good is that, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um so the the place where I've seen uh, peacemaking really come into my life is uh, Kyle and I stepped into the foster care world about four and a half years ago, um, totally green and no idea like what to expect, um, and we stepped into a moment in people's lives where it was like their messiest, most chaotic, broken moment, and um, so a lot is coming at you that you're not necessarily expecting. And um, the first little guy that we had in our home, um, we had him for almost two years, um, and initially. Um, we're a concurrent family, which means we're kind of working towards two things at once, which automatically feels like hard and chaotic to me, but you're working towards permanency, whether that means adoption or whether that means um, them going home with their biological parents. So initially it looked a lot like adoption, and then his case took um, a pretty big turn, and um, he ended up reunifying with his mom and going home um, and I can honestly say that I think that I learned peacemaking through through failure. We did not handle that well. We did not. We were not as gracious with her as we could have been. We weren't um, as much of peacemakers in that situation as I as I wish that I had been. Um, but God's used uh, our experience, our failure, and, and our foster care experience to really um, refine me and change me. Um, And we've, I I think that I've grown such a more genuine love uh, for our biological families and the biological parents um, of the kids that we've been involved in their lives now. Um, I used to just have such a hard time. um, You know, I could be patient and be kind, but I was always missing that honesty aspect. And Kyle was good at the, um, at being honest and being kind, but wasn't very patient. And we were really working hard to, Um, to have that real genuine love. So I think the benefit for me is um, being able to love people in a much more genuine way. And we have had like such a pleasure this last year um, from last October of uh, walking with a mom like who comes to our church on a regular basis um, and walking with her as... um, we fostered her son, then he went home to Redwoods with her, and now um, she's graduating Redwoods, and and we've just had the pleasure of being part of that reconciliation. And for me, that has been Mm -hmm. such the benefit and such an amazing thing. Um, For me, the sacrifice has been, like, letting go of control um, of what I think my rights are, because, like, for me, the little guy that went home, like, he was my son, and I was just like, how dare you take him? I have raised him, and I love him so much. And just kind of letting go of some of those things. And when I hold tight to God, I can't hold tight to everything else. So kind of just Mm -hmm. going, you're in control, and I'm not.
1: Yeah.
4: For me, um, my professional career, I spent most of the time being a peacemaker, attempting to try to be, um, in a legal sense. (laughs) as, as a Jesus follower and sitting out here where you're at, um, you ever sat here on a Sunday and you're listening to Matt or Kyle or Travis preach and, and you're comfortable with them preaching on things that are touching on that neighbor's backyard? But when you throw a lob of grenade into my yard, it's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, let's get back to talking about them, not, not me. <laughs> That's what kind of happened uh, three years ago. Um, <clears throat> Matt and Travis and Kyle uh, did an awesome series on the Beatitudes, if you remember, and um, you know, it was roughly about October, mm-hmm. and, and uh, we went through it. And there I was sitting up there by Hewlin in the corner. And and um, and when you went through the part about you know, uh, blessed are the merciful, mm-hmm. uh, which is Matthew five seven. Um, if I can, sorry, I got to go to my notes here because. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, he talked about, mercy doesn't redefine sin, mercy forgives sin. And uh, this is the one that, like I said, throwing that ball in my backyard. Uh, mercy is not optional for a Christian. Um, and uh, if people are experiencing my morality more than my mercy, then I'm not being humble. Um, roughly a month later, uh, November 13th, uh, 2016, my brother, uh, Deputy Sheriff Dennis Wallace, was murdered out in East County. And, um, you know, it was in, during this period that we're going through this, the, the, the sermons and, you know, I really struggled with that. You know, I come from anger, you know, my whole life I've battled with my temperament and I'm not proud of it, um, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad that God has seen me through it. Um, but, um, it would be natural for me to fall back into anger and, and see it from that side. Um, a couple weeks went by and I had a pre-planned trip to Washington DC and, um, I, I stayed with it. I went ahead and had some training I needed to go to, and it, it was a distraction from all that was taking place. And um, so I went, and there I had a book to read. You know, you know, you got great intentions. I have a whole bunch of books that I've started that uh, one of these days I'll stop, or I'll finish. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, ha- I was reading with it, but God was wrestling with me, and... I I couldn't take my mind off of the sermon series, and so I went to my phone where my notes were, and I kept coming back to Matthew 5, 7, and dealing with that in where am I? How am I gonna deal with this? How am I gonna deal with this person who's murdered my brother? And I came to the reality that I can be angry And suffer, cause people around me to suffer through my anger, or I could give it over to God and submit to God's authority and uh, understand that he's in control and I could forgive this person. Uh, It's not easy and something I have to do over and over again. It's, it, you know, it's still stuff I wrestle through. <laughs> um, the following Sunday, I came back home and came to church. And after I'd made that decision to do so, and I walked up to Matt between services and gave him a hug, and I whispered in his ear, I, I hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> because the sin in me wants to be angry but through God's word and God's love and through the message that uh, these men gave us um, the reality is we need to give
1: it over Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing (laughs) you know, I, I, uh, I ask these people to share because I know that, that they've all walked through things that some of us can relate to well. Some of us maybe uh, hear their story and can't really imagine what it would be like to be in their shoes. Um, you know, we, we, we hear about uh, you know, racial division and, and how it's, it's, not a, it's not a one-sided thing. It's just people are torn apart by that. Um, we, we hear about, you know, relationships in, in, in families and extended families. And if, if you have a family, um, if you know a person who you have a connection with, then you know that that can be really difficult because not everybody thinks the same and not everyone believes exactly the same thing. And so those things are tension. And, and, and even thinking about um, the process, you walk into a process to try to help people and in that, in, that, in that moment where you're trying to help people and saying, hey, I want to I do good and you run into all of these things that are difficult and you suffer and, and you, have to then, you then have to work through issues you, you didn't have before <laughs> because you've tried to step out and help. And, and, then, and then you've got an egregious wrong that's been done to you or your family and you have to figure out what to do in the midst of that. And I think there's just this, this different range uh, from each person who shared of, of saying, I'm going to give up my rights, and I'm going to pursue peace. And at the same time, each person is seeing that thing of, of, but righteousness actually is over peace. And and I love, Phil, what you said about about how... In a, in a very humble and, and simple way to, to to help people widen their view and their vision to say, look what God says about His people, about people that He's created, and 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 you know you're gonna see you're gonna you're gonna see every every ethnic and and national and and geographic person in heaven, um, and and you're and, and that's not what you're gonna recognize about them. What you'll recognize is is their surrender and love for Jesus. Um, and I think each each one of you shared those things. And so I think one of the things that I would ask you to and, and I would love for you guys to answer um, is that, that, that thing in Matthew uh, chapter five, verse eight, where Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And, and that idea, as I said earlier, the pure in heart is that, that singular focus on Jesus. And, and no one, and I would argue that no one is able to, hundred percent of the time singularly focus on Jesus but like what Dave said it's a daily thing going back and forth going back and saying this is who God calls me to be so I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about how do you how do you regularly kind of come back to that pure in heart how do you come back to that point of of reminding yourself that that Jesus is more important than the preferences that you run into, and even the preferences that you have, but then also that Jesus is even over those things that are significant and real and wrong. They're an issue of right and wrong. How do you keep Jesus at that center point and Jesus pursuing Jesus in that way? So Phil, why don't you share first?
0: Well, Jesus came down here to serve, and not to condemn. And the way I find myself is to serve. Um, here at Ralston Towers, um, I try to stay active by going to Roston Towers and bringing a meal to those who um, probably don't have as much, no matter what color they look like, or no matter what gender. Um, man to man, be ministered to and to minister back to my um, brothers, um, iron sharpens iron, and also here in service, on the second service, to actually to be a Usher. Um, it's just to keep in service because mm-hmm. that keeps me humble, mm-hmm. um, not picking or trying to pinpoint who I'm called to serve, but serve mm-hmm. where God wants me to serve. Yeah. So.
1: yeah. Um, you know, something about, about Phil, and I'm going to share something about each person that I didn't appro- get approved, but, um, <laughs> you know, just. We, we have mics too, so just be careful, <laughs> oh. I would say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I love about Phil's story is when Phil moved here six years ago, um, he moved to where he was closest to his job, and, and, and you work in Tracy, and so he moved to Tracy, and then he, he was looking for a church, and, and he eventually found Crosspoint, and um, I, I, can, I can verify um, Phil's testimony about saying that um, serving is how, one of the ways you keep your focus on Jesus, serving whoever he wants you to serve, because... Um, Phil actually decided when when Crosspoint became his home that that he wanted to be a person who can serve and has the um, freedom to serve as much as he can, and so he actually sold his house in Tracy and moved to Modesto, and now drives five days a week to Tracy through bad traffic so he can be closer and serve. Which which I think again that that's you know you're a man of integrity in your word, and, and when you say that you focus on Jesus through serving, that's a very real thing and it's just such an awesome thing and. I don't know if I would drive through traffic like that. Um, that's why I live here in Modesto. And, um, <laughs> but anyway, that's just so awesome. And just as a, as a, as a, as a reminder, that's, to focus on Jesus, one of the ways we can do that is through serving. And I love how seriously you take that. Um, that's awesome. But Terry, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, a couple of different things came to mind. Um, I think throughout my life, uh, you know, I started taking Jesus and my relationship with him much more seriously. You know, I came to Christ like around eight or nine, but it wasn't until probably my late teens, early 20s, I started taking taking him and my relationship with him way more seriously. And I think throughout that, uh, the next following decades, I've learned the importance of not compartmentalizing my relationship with Jesus. like. Oh, I have my quiet time. I'm good the rest of the day, you know? But instead, how does Jesus want to be incorporated in every single aspect of my life and every thought, word, and action? And of course, <laughs> I do that so imperfectly. I do that very well imperfectly. Um, and I'm learning all the time what more and more that can look like. Um, and also, what I ask for Him so much throughout each day is, um, God, give me your perspective. I wanna see people, I wanna see circumstances, any transaction, I wanna see it through your eyes. I can't do that on my own. I can really make a mess of things or relationships if I don't ask for his perspective constantly. Uh, Psalm 25 says, uh, show me your ways, teach me your paths, guide me in your truth, you know? And I need that, you know, just like I was explaining with this, challenging family member who I do love so much. Um, you know, I, I am at odds with his perspective versus my perspective, but you know, I need a changed perspective daily all the time because um, my default is certainly seeing things through my very limited vision. I need God's lenses. I need his glasses on so I can see everything and everyone the way he intends me to. So,
1: you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, one of the things you shared earlier was the, the work that God has done with you to, to listen rather than give your thoughts. Um, I, in my experience, I just, I think you, are, I think Terry is one of the best listeners that I know. Um, I know no one who listens as, as uh, actively and as um, patiently as you do. And uh, I just really appreciate that. It's funny, I took a test recently that, you know, supposed to tell things about yourself. And it said, the, the result came out, and Sherry and I talked about it. I said, if I'm under stress, it says that I'm a self-promoter, which isn't, isn't really true. I, I try to hide. Um, it said that uh, I, I, get, I get talkative, which I really don't. If I'm stressed, I just don't, I stop talking. And so both Sherry and I kind of said, yeah, those things aren't true. And then the third thing it said is it said you don't listen well. And I said, that's not true. And Sherry said, what? What? <laughs> And I said, it's not true. I said, I'm never a good listener. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I really appreciate Terry's example and, and your model to me and, and being able to listen to people. So that's just really cool. And, and I see that, how God's using that in your life in this area. So very cool. Megan.
3: Um, the, I thought of two different things. Um, one is like, that I have to be so intentional about it. If I'm just being... Um, mindless about being a peacemaker, then my natural instinct is to always look out for me and mine, and to and to look out for my own rights. Um, so I so I have to go into like even I go into the interactions with our social workers like, they've probably had a hard day. Like I want my house to be a place where they can rest and be at peace for a minute, and where they just feel God's love. And so, um, just kind of being intentional, and then kind of looking back on my interactions and going, did I show honesty, kindness, and um, also. Did I show patience in that? And kind of just um, mm-hmm. trying to do it better the next time. Like it's sometimes, I think it's used to be like my 10th inclination and now maybe it's my fifth and I hope that someday it's like more instinct for me, but I think it's like a muscle that you the more you work it, the better it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is just that um, drawing closer to people um, and being more vulnerable with them. When I am able to hold um, like a biological family at arm's length, I can make whatever narrative I want about them and make myself feel better, but when I actually draw close into a relationship with people, I realize that they're like made in God's image and they're deeply loved by him and it's hard for me not to love them and not to see um, positives in them and then, I'm, then I become more on their team and I become um, like a minister of reconciliation instead of just somebody that's um, mm-hmm. standing back and, and looking out for myself.
1: Yeah, yeah that's really cool. You know, um, last week when, I was, when we began this series and, and one of the things I, I mentioned, I mentioned Cory Boom and uh, the, the woman who, who really sacrificed for herself, who was hiding hiding um, those that the Nazis were looking for and, and then ended up in a concentration camp and all that. And um, Kyle mentioned to me that um, Megan, when she was little, you know, all of us, you know, play, you know, make, play, play games and stuff like that. You know, as, as, a, as a young man uh, growing up in the country, um, it, was, it had a lot to do with um, fighting. And, and war and things like that, you know, as little boys do. Um, Megan, growing up, she would go and play Cory Ten Boom. Um, she would like do things and, and and help people like that. And it's just so cool because um, what God has like planted in you, and how even that idea of helping people, um, how God has used that in this area of of being part of um, being part of foster care, and even how God has transformed and been growing you like this, and giving you even a. a as if you weren't genuine before, um, how God has even done a whole nother greater, deeper work in that. And it's just so cool to see you and, and see how you've walked through all of these things, um, the things that you call failures, the things that are successes, but, but watching and seeing actually from, from, a, from my vantage point, seeing the incredible graciousness that I've seen throughout the whole process, even when you see a failure, um, it's a great example, and it's just so awesome to see how that keeps you focused on Jesus. Dave.
4: I, I uh, try to focus outward. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I've seen in my, I keep going back to my professional career, uh, I have seen some vile and horrendous stuff. Mm-hmm. And... So when I look at my personal life, you know tragedies that I've experienced i I you know it could be far worse yeah. and and um as far as you know um, my wife Kim and I have been blessed that we've been asked to help do some mentoring uh with younger officers and younger couples. In helping them navigate uh, a law enforcement career and, and the struggles, the ups and downs of what it's like, not only for the officer, but also an officer's spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we, we try to help in that area. Uh, and uh, I have spent uh, the last 10 years working in peer support, um, just helping guys realize that, you know, you know we're not normal. Uh, what we see is not normal, mm. and having reactions to that mm-hmm. is normal, yeah. and you need to work your way through that and mm-hmm. get that out. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. you, you're, 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 nobody goes through it unscarred. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't be healed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. I, you know, Dave, I I think uh, if anybody has a reason to be jaded. And uh, unapproachable. Um, it seems like there's a lot of reasons that that, that could be uh, in your life. And and I, I I just I love seeing you on Sundays. Um, you, I don't know. I never called you this, and I don't think I ever want to again. But I just feel like Papa Bear. You. you <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but you, Somebody sold me out. There is something warm and inviting, and and just but but. Watching and you even sharing with me, you know, I was a little nervous when you said you hated my guts. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but, um, but, you know, just, just, just all of that and, and seeing your journey and, and really the laying down of your right, uh, I, think, I think we all feel like we have a right to get even to hate, to all of that stuff. And laying that down and watching that process in such a a very tangible wrong that was done. Um, It doesn't mean there's not consequences and that doesn't mean justice isn't pursued. But um, to watch you and to see you, um, just an awesome example of somebody who really has a desire to say Jesus is actually more important than uh, what I want and what, what everything inside of me cries out for. So I really appreciate that, and uh, thank you for that. I, I want to thank um, all four people for being up here. It, it takes some courage and stuff to come up and share what they've shared. And uh, my, my prayer for us as a, as a church this morning is that um, you would be challenged, and you would be encouraged that wherever you are right now and whatever it is you're dealing with, that, that God really is moving and God is moving in you and that you are capable with the power of the Holy Spirit to be someone who does bring Jesus into contexts that are full of darkness, that are full of division and, and, and full of angst. And so um, let me just pray for us. Um, I, I would like to invite the prayer team to come forward. Um, right now, and uh, after I pray, if you uh, need prayer this morning, if maybe something somebody said um, just kind of got you at a place where, you know what, I need somebody to pray for me, and so um, come up after I pray, and we'd love for you to receive prayer. Let me pray for us. Father, we come before you today, and I thank you for the way you work in us and through us. God, I thank you for these people, and and God, I thank you for the people who have incredible stories um, that we didn't get to hear today. Father, I thank you for the way that you constantly pursue us, even when we struggle to listen, when we struggle to to, um, really want to follow you because of the price, because of what it costs. So Father, I I pray that you would help us to take next steps in in reflecting you, in in being the people who, who are characterized as peacemakers, those who don't ignore conflict, but God, see conflict, see the issues, in, in, a, in a way that, that is genuine and, and, and Christ-like loving. Um, God, we work through those things and, and that we truly can be, be called peacemakers. Um, so Father, I thank you for this morning. I pray that you would encourage those who desperately need encouragement and God, help us uh, to go out today and, and to be those peacemakers who you've called us to be. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.